Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Off Point at 30, the uh, show where we go off topic, um, and also because we've gone off point in life. My name's Les Steed. I'm Marlon White. And today's topic is um, moving out of your parents' house. Um, we talk about this kind of thing a little bit. Um, we've done a couple of episodes before uh, that started, ideally, um, around um, sort of about sort of living situations. Um, but in particular, this one's quite important because... Um, whereas what we originally, what I was originally talking about was living at home, um, and like how that changes you as a person. Um, but like over the last few months, you know, in April, I moved, I moved out and obviously I've moved out a few times, um, because, you know, you sort of bounce between home and, um, in, in my life, I've bounced between being at home and being in other places. Um, Marlon, what about you? So um, I've been at home most of the time besides um, the three years at university where I spent two years on campus and one year living in a shared house with five other people. So I spent most of the time at home. Um, I moved out with my missus about nearly two years now, in 2019, I think, or 18, I can't remember now. But yeah, so yeah, I've been living, living where I am now for about two years. And you were living with your mum for like sort of maybe five, six years? Uh, after uni, I was living with my mum about five years. Fuck. How yeah. did you find that? It was a bit of a shift because you go from being in university, being able to do um, what you want and then kind of going back home and having to get used to living with your, your mum again. And, and your, the thing about living with parents, they always see you as a kid. You're always going to be a child. doesn't matter if you're in your 20s. You're always going to be that little kid, they got to tell you what to do. They go like, why you put this there? Why you've done that? Yeah. So you're, it's not taking it to the washing up. Why are you not doing it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's always going to be that. So that took a while to get used to. And I think, um, I feel like we have um, stunted growth, as I mentioned in previous episode, where mm. ideally after coming home from university at age 23, it would, be, it would have been nice for me to be able to afford to get my own place. Yeah. kind of live independently after uni. A lot, a lot of people manage to do that. But they, they just can't go back to living with their parents after university. So they kind of been a, be able to move out. Now, um, I think that for me, the only way to do that is to probably be able to, in London especially, is to rent a room. And if you're going to rent a room someone's place, you might as well just stay at home sort of thing. Unless it's with your your friends. Like I know some people already that have done that where they had a group of friends and they just kind of moved in together. And that's if they can, you, you, you're earning enough to afford it because it's quite expensive. Yeah, I found when I was looking for a place, because um, for me, I, um, well, I've moved in and out a few times. Um, when I was uh, 20, well, when I was like 21, I moved to um, to the estates for a while. And you kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of got, I, over the course of the years, I kind of developed this habit of being able to move and live out of, maybe two K two suitcases at the most. Um, and that's something that I found in my most recent move, which was last April, um, during coronavirus actually, but I'll come on to that later. Um, I found that it was, it, normally it's kind of because there's a big adventure happening, um, but it's usually been for like sort of university. Um, I went, when I first moved out, I was like 18, 19, um, moving to uni, same as you obviously. And um, then, and that was quite an adventure, but I think that's quite a normal adventure to have. It's kind of part, that's like the main real thing you learn from uni is in, you know, it's, it's part of the parcel of going to university, which is learning to live independently. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge, huge shock. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that's something that quite a lot of people have been through. Um, 
but for me, it, um, it, it never, I mean, it was always quite an emotional thing. It, it's quite weird, isn't it? Because it's like sort of like, I think parents see it as more of an emotional thing than, um, than people moving out. Um, mm. Because it's like, it's like, oh, my baby's gone. I don't know if that's your mum, but my mum was no. definitely <laughs> definitely not. My dad. Oh my god! When I moved to Indonesia, age twenty five. Uh, no, sorry, 20, 20, 24, 23, I don't know. But when I moved to Indonesia, I, I swear to God, the old man. He, um, my dad's a very sort of like, he's a very sort of sensible gentleman, and um, he's like, you know, he's next engineer and everything. So I, you know, I mean, that man will draw you a, um, a an entire system, like an electronic system for how to, he can wire a PlayStation just by pointing at a table. And then putting in all the little bits and stuff like that. I mean, he's a genius, but um, and it's weird. But it's um, but he's he's quite a sort of very British parent. I think I've got some very British parents, and um, that that sort of like sort of you know that sort of like I'm proud of the boy, very proud of him <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> you know, I think like Russell. Uh, there's this guy called Russell. I don't know, a comedian called Russell something. One of the Russells, and um, he talks about it. But my dad's not like this archaic person is mm. quite an interesting person. He's a good guy. Um, but so how was he, how was his reaction when you moved out? Well, this time? is the weird juxtaposition because like my dad's, it gets quite territorial the older I get. So the older we get, um, the more he feels a little bit invaded. So um, I was living at home for about two years. Um, following university, I went and worked in a local paper. So there was no point in me paying like £600 a month when I'm only earning say £1,100 a month um take home um so you know i mean it made sense for me to live at home then i could save up and then my ambition was to move to canada um and just do what i've done before in the past which is save up for about six to 12 months and then move countries um and just change my life around and you know like these are the benefits of me um and you know just kind of answered to who i was um but now but one of the things that i noticed is that dad um he's he gets really territorial, but then when I go back now, um, he's such a sweetheart. It's really cute, and he's absolutely overjoyed to see me. Mum's all like, mum's all like, sort of like, oh my little sunbeam, um, gives us a big hug, and then um, dad's like, oh, is he here? He's here. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, nice to see you. Hey, how you doing? Because that's always that kind of like being cool thing with dads, where you're just like, I'm the alpha male still. I just want you to know. But at the same time, lovely to see you. Um, so yeah, there's always that. Anyway, yeah. um, I've digressed somewhat. I think it'd be like important for us to like really talk about um, what it takes to move out. So obviously moving out for university purposes is quite, quite straightforward. You kind of get into uni, the accommodations already sorted out. You just sort of apply for that and that's sort of already sorted out for you. So that's quite straightforward. But I think um, moving out as an adult, it becomes a bit more complicated in terms of that. I think, I think we mentioned off camera, about um the whole process of looking for a place to live in and the whole process of like can you afford it or not because i mean the thing is it's not just about moving out it's about you have to have a job secured first yeah you have to be about two months into that job yeah and i think that for me that was particularly in this round of looking for a job um it was the most difficult part um yeah. so i spent about nine months um unemployed um, but obviously I used those nine months to my advantage and to sort of get out of my head and, you know, like my mental health back to normal. But, um, one of the key things that, um, before you can even start looking for a, uh, for another place to live is to actually establish what your budget is. Yeah. Uh, and because while you are employed, you are running through your savings. 
um, you're not able to sort of really define what your budget is for an accommodation. Mm. So, for example, I mean, even though I saved up about 10 grand, um, I wasn't certain when my money was going to come in. And also, I'd feel quite uncomfortable about um, giving over £600 just for the sake of living on my own in a room yeah. that I still was just going to do exactly the same thing as I would at home, yeah. uh, having to pay so much more, including food and stuff. So before you before you continue, when you were talk, talking about um, moving out, um, what, what, what location was it? London or it Surrey? Um, well, I mean, I live in Surrey and I work in London. So when I finally got a job in London, because um, I work in central London, um, it's um, it became very apparent that I needed to find somewhere. So luckily for me, you know, because I'm almost well, because I was thirty, my parents are like, look, if you know, like my parents, they're in a position where they've saved up all their lives and they're able to um, kind of say, they were saying to me, look, either you've rent, but the rent's extortionate. So you're going to end up paying like, I looked around and at first I was looking for places that were, you know, just a room. And my budget was about 450 quid, which was naive. I rapidly learned that. Then I upped it to 600, realized that that was a joke as well. Um, I couldn't even find, I mean, like, there were rooms and I'm, sh- I shit you not. It was a bed and the storage space was all above. I mean, there were camp. It was like a camper van. I was like, mate, I wouldn't go on holiday in that shit. And it was like, they were asking for 750, 750 quid because it had an SE1 postcode. I was like, are you fucking high? Is that I mean, Elephant Castle? Yeah, like, no, no, yeah, Elephant Castle, that kind of area, like, you know, like near London yeah. Bridge. And yeah. it was a, I was like, looking, I was like, I was like, are you taking the piss? Um, and it turns out they weren't. They weren't taking the piss. And it was for a month. It's like, oh, great, I'm going to move in there for a month and I'm going to fuck off and I'm going to pay 750 quid to some American board who probably is going to use it. I don't know. It was really weird. Um, so I was like, okay, well, that makes no sense for me to be paying 800, 700, 800 pounds to somebody just to stay in a small room when yeah. um, I've got, you know, potentially got the, the back, I've got the financial backing to actually make an investment in property. Yeah. Uh, provided that I do it with my parents. So if I put in all my savings, my parents will then make up the, you know, the rest of the, um, the rest of the mortgage, uh, sort of the down payment. And then I would, um, work out a deal with them and the bank where I then pay back however much it needs can to happen. I, Obviously, my parents don't have any interest. Let me stop you there for a second. Can you get a, a mortgage on, in, on your income? I'm not sure. I haven't really tried. There's one thing now um, t- to mention as well because um, my missus was also, was also in the position before she met me where she wanted to uh, get a mortgage with the helping of her parents. And I think them being a part of it kind of made it worse because of their age. Because mm. really? um, also mortgages nowadays is about thirty years, so her parents are in their like fifties and sixties, so they're like that kind of made the situation worse. So I think it would definitely depend on how much money they can. Also, they can, they can help you with your deposit and maybe mm. pay more, but they would have to make like a substantial contribution for you to, to help you in that situation. If they, them simply being added to your mortgage situation would probably make it Oh, they worse. wouldn't have been added to my mortgage. Yeah. Um, it would have been on me. So I'd have been paying the bills, but yeah. they would have been the ones who were fronting the money. That's basically what yeah. was going to happen. So usually um, you get a mortgage for five times your salary, four to five times your salary. Well, my salary's. I mean, even now in journalism, most of us are on zero hours. So yeah. that kind of came into play. And that was something that we also considered because... Mm. Um, my salary isn't, I mean, I don't know if I'm working next month. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, throughout sort of late mid month, we all start worrying um, yeah. because we're not sure and our industry's always got, you know, a bit of a wobble over it. Yeah. Um, 
But one of the things that I learned was that, so I mean, first, I, I didn't go too deep into this. I just started like looking at brochures. Yeah. Um, and the first house I toured was a bit unlucky. Uh, turns out a really good tip is to Google the place you're about to look at. Yeah. And I didn't do it. And I kind of got the impression that. Um, so before you, so before you, before you continue, this is like a place you would go to get by a, a full place without like it just being a room, or and was it by yourself? Yeah. Um, I was looking for. Okay, so I'm 30 now, so I assume that um, if I'm working in central London, um, then the chances are that the next job I take will be, or the next job I get will be uh, in central London as well. Yeah. It made sense to me to have a place in London. Yeah. Um, to cut down on cut, uh, I mean, I, I pay about hundred pounds a week just to commute. Yes. Um, so to me, it made sense to uh, cut those costs down and just yeah. buy a place. Yeah. Um, and if I've got the money in the background, then I can do that, and I can buy a, and I can have a flat for say six hundred pounds on a mortgage yeah. instead of paying six hundred pounds to some fucko who's got for t- some tiny room. Yeah. Um, so I may oh. as well if I've got if I've got the capital, then I can just you know. So what I was looking for was a three hundred thousand pound. Oh, um, you're looking you're looking to buy this place. Yeah, I was looking for a buy um, okay. because it made sense. And because my okay. mum said, I, I sat and I talked to my parents about it and my parents were like, look, if you're going to spend that kind of money, you may as well spend it on something that you can make money from. And it makes sense to buy some time. You know, at some point it makes sense to buy, mm. um, especially at this age. Because also if, um, let's say, you know, the reason I had a baby um, and then we broke up or something yeah. like that, which I don't think would happen. But um then I'd still need a place for me. And even yeah. if, and because she works down on the coast and I work um, in London, obviously it makes more sense for me to have a place sort of closer to work for the weekdays or whatever. I mean, like, you know, the situation was very difficult. Yeah. Um, but we were looking for 300 grand. Um, I thought 300 grand is reasonable for a two bed flat. I don't think that's unreasonable. So um, um, let me stop you there quickly. So anybody listening from like the United States or anywhere around the world is, um, yeah, 300,000 in London is not that much money. So continue no. that. Uh, yeah, so that's about $450,000, maybe 500, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, about $500,000. Um, and it's um, in London, though, it turns out it really isn't a lot of money. No, it's not. Um, so the, so I checked out place. What I wanted was an open plan um, flat that had um, a little bit, you know, I just wanted somewhere that had a kitchen and yeah. living room attached to it. Yeah. And then upstairs, you've got two bedrooms and a bathroom. Fine. I'm not really after like Taj Mahal here. I'm not looking you're for living a in, You're living in a dream world thinking that you're lucky to get a, like a gutted out shithole for that amount of money. Speaking about out shitholes, that's exactly what they showed me. Right, <laughs> so I, oh my God, it was unreal. Okay, so, all right. So, because I work like bang on central, um, I'm like, okay, for it to be worth it, it's got to be 20 minutes away from work. So that means I've got to still be in, within zone three, right? Um, which for our American audience... It's about a five mile radius, five to 10 mile radius. Um, or like a bajillion football fields, I don't know. Um, anyway, so the point is that it, so, okay, so for otherwise it's not worth it. Cause I mean, my commute's an hour. Yeah. So unless it's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, then there's no point in me buying anywhere anyway. Cause yeah. fuck it. Point is we go to this place and um, I met this estate agent who was a charming young gentleman, absolutely top bloke, um, not an issue with the estate agent at all. Um, yeah. But, I and I'd spent something like um, I spent like about the whole weekend just going combing through page after page after page to find someone that actually looked inhabitable, um, and they're all they've all got like it's like it's like they take these pictures. Most of these places they take the pictures and they just 
it's like they can't be fucked to clean the mold out of everywhere. It's like, oh my God, the tiling alone was enough to make me want to vomit. I'm like, I don't want to spend 300 grand on that. Uh, you know, I mean, when, when they say it's a bit of a fixer-upper, they mean you have to reconstruct the house. And, it's so, and even then, they're selling you a fucking maisonette on a two-bed flat, on, on one of those two-up, two-downs that you wouldn't pay 300 grand for anywhere else anyway. And you're like sitting there, it's like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Probably, probably um, next to like a crack den or something. Yeah, probably was a crack den. In fact, you know what, speaking of, guess where they fucking took me, all right? I've got a really nice motorbike that I've spent my, I mean, obviously, I think I might have spoken about this before. I was, um, I had my old motorbike stolen a year ago yeah. and um, it broke my heart. So my new motorbike was kind of, you know, it's like, it's like when, you, when your dog dies, so you get it with, a, with an even better puppy. And you're like, and you're trying to get over it. So oh, this beautiful new motorbike. And I'm like, all right, I love you so much. I'm going to keep you in London. I'm going to take it out, take it back. You know, like free transport. Who gives a fuck? Anyway, so, you know, save me loads of money. Anyway, so I, we're on our way to this place. And it's in SE1, which, for you know, is within zone one. And, um, and it's meant to be a really good postcode. And I was like, okay, well, all right. You know, it's like, it's like 15 minutes away from work, um, you know, on the road. And I checked it all out. I didn't Google the place. Um, when we get there, we go into this sort of council estate, you know, like the proper, like sort of movie dirty type of states. You know, the ones where you like look around and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be here after dark. Because uh, you just know that unless you know everyone, in other words, unless they're all your dealer, you are fucked. You know, like it's one of those places where it's like, it's like this nurse got knifed on her way home. Her, her home was three floors up from where she got knifed. Yeah. And then, you know, and like, and you're just sitting there, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable here in the daylight. Um, and then, so anyway, I'm like, all right, well, you know, maybe looks are deceiving because on the internet, it looked great. It looked like this lovely open plan place, little wall in the middle, attached my TV to. Right. Like just to interrupt quickly, a lot of these places where they put it online for the estate agent is, um, they actually take the photo of when it first, like, when first built the place. Oh, yeah. That's when the photo, the brand. Yeah, when, when it, that's what, that's the picture you, you see on the website is when it's like brand new, when the, like literally they just opened, like, just built the place. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that I yeah. probably wasn't going to see what I thought. Yeah. You know, I knew that there'd be a few little rough edges here. All right. So we get there and the bloke looked apologetic. I mean, he was ginger and he was going red. And I was like, okay, so first thing I noticed after two, uh, firstly, the, um, the, the graffitied elevator was not working so we went up the two three floors and i was like, all right well you know maybe it's just not working now he goes uh, okay yeah yeah probably not now and i was like okay was it was it pissy? established that i was a journalist and i could hear him go okay was um, it um was it pissy in there and no it didn't smell of piss yeah. which was a huge plus you know like one in the right hand corner you know like one in the plus column here's okay. the negative column all right so we get there and there's this little sort of plywood plank under yeah. the door under the door frame, and I'm like, okay, well, I was like, oh, what's that about? He goes, I'll tell you later. And I'm like, okay. Um, um, and I'm like, okay, cool, um, no problem at all. And then he goes, um, yeah. So then he opens the door, he, he knocks on the door, opens the door, this little kid comes out and goes, daddy? And I'm like, no, no. I looked at the guy, I was like, and he goes, yeah, I did, I, I told them we were coming. I'm like, okay. Um, this woman comes out and you know those people who you kind of get the feeling when the way that they greet you, you're kind of like, you're definitely somebody who's used to having visitors. And she was like, it's kind oh. of like a very homely type of person. You know, like sort of, she was, I mean, if she was a prostitute, she was kind of more for, um, more for sort of comforting gentlemen to try. Oh. She was kind of like a middle-aged prostitute is, is the impression I got. 
but I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's the impression I got. Um, I don't really know that many middle-aged prostitutes, even in my line of work, but you know, whatever. Um, first things first, the cupboards to the left that were described in the ad as spacious, um, the, you know those doors where you can open them from one, you know, like normally cupboards open from one side? Yeah. yeah. The thing kind of, you got the feeling from how flimsy these doors were. They, they were literally just like little bits of plywood. And I, I was like, it doesn't really matter which side I take it off. It's still coming off. You know, I could open it from either side. And like, you know, I kind of removed the cupboard thing. Uh, you know, I was, like, I was like, all right, okay, fine. We can put new doors on the cupboards. That's not the end of the world. Uh, what's like 50 quid when you're spending money yeah. you know, like, on this other stuff? I'm like, all right, let's fix a wrapper. Random bit of glass in the middle of the hallway. Little kid in there in his underwear, being like, Daddy! I'm like, No. no, no. Well, he's um, calling you but, Daddy. Yeah, he asked if I was Dad. He goes, Papa! I, I felt terrible because I was like, No, but, oh. I'm like, Anyway, so, and then the guy's like, Okay, so um, here, here's the hallway. It smelt of, um, oh, yeah, no, the woman had been cooking bait fish. So it smelt of bait fish, which if you haven't smelt it, it, it smells like stale ass. Um, I hate fish. And so that horrible sort of fried smell. And the last time I smelt that was in Indonesia, like in the back alley, sort of um, like sort of the places where they sort of sell fried anything. Um, the, the kampong food and stuff like that, where you just don't want to, you know, you, you know that there's some, it, it smells a little bit like unedible. Mm. Um, anyway, so, I mean, it's not that I don't, I mean, it was edible, it turned out. But anyway, um, so it's one of the final stuff up. And that's fine. But she just stunk the entire flat out when she's about to have a viewing. They opened the bathroom. I shit you not. It was a corridor with a bath in it. The cor- the, the curtain was... A, cor- a corridor with a bath in it? I swear to God. It looked like... It was so cold and dark. It was like actually... It, okay. I mean, like you know like when you come home drunk and you're like, I'm going to pass out on the toilet. If I yeah. passed out on the toilet, I'd have fallen into the bath. That's how tight, how cramped it was. And um, and then like this, and also the, the shower curtain was drawn across it. The place already, by the way, had kids' toys all over the place. So I'm like, uh, okay. Um, the, I didn't pull back the curtain because I just knew that there was a body in there. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, you know those places, right? And like, and of course, it was like it was dank as fuck, and not in a good way, not in like a dank meme way. It was like you know, like when you can sort of walk in there, you can smell the mold, and you're like, I don't even want to look. And the guy, the poor salesman is going brighter and brighter every turn. I'm like, uh, oh, okay, he goes, yeah, there's the bathroom if you want to have a look. I'm like, I don't. Well, he's trying to still sell you the place. Like, yeah, it's actually a really good, nice place. I would, I would live here. I would live here if I was you. He said, it's a bit of a fixer up. You might, you know, like you might want to invest a little bit. I mean, obviously, that's why it's not 400 grand, which is what usually they are. Did he bang on about the zone it's in? Like, oh, oh, of course he did. Of course, zone. He did. apparently, it was going to be a one. He told me that they're going to probably put a tube line in the next five years, so the property's going to go up. And I'm like, yeah, not that fucking property is not. That property's going to be bombed before it goes up. I mean, like, fuck, man. I could basically smell the cocaine coming from upstairs. Smell the cocaine. <laughs> not the weed, the cocaine. Uh, and I was like, okay, all right, okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what meth smelt like before I went through that <laughs> fucking neighborhood. Um, so, and. <laughs> Poor sod, he's only young as well. They've sent the rookie out to really give him a nerves of steel test. They've blatantly given him this job as a joke. Um, I told him what my girlfriend does as well. I'm like, okay, so, you know, I'm a journalist. She's a surgeon. And, um, and, she, and he's like, 
And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure the neighbours will be quite surprised. Um, it's not really the kind of area where you get, you know, like surgeons and doctor type neighbours. Maybe you'll bring the place up. I'm like, I'm not going to be your fucking like trailblazing <laughs> gentrifier. Um, so this guy, <laughs> so we're getting in there and I'm like, all right, two bed flat on the, um, in the, in the plans. It looks great. You know, you've got like your lovely two, your second bed where it's, you know, like quite, looks quite spacious. I got in there. I couldn't open the curtain on the other side of the bed because A, there were clothes all over the floor. I mean, I've, it was like a teenager's bedroom. Um, kids and women's, and for some reason, a man's jeans were all over the floor. There was no bloke sort of in range. There were no pictures of people on the walls or anything like that. And I was like, okay. Because okay. normally if it's like a family home, you got a kid, you just come back. Yeah. Oh, God, fine. But no, I mean, like there was just like shit everywhere. Um, there was like this the spacious balcony as advertised had like had just heaped up with like kids sort of outdoorsy toys again you got a kid there I get it you got space whatever you know but like tidy um, there's random plastic boxes all over the show with like clothes and anything and that kind of just gets chucked in there um, and it didn't uh, you know like and the whole place stank so we go into the living room then there's like a sort of rid like it's you know those doors where you can see that they're made of plywood on each side with cardboard in the middle yeah one of them open it um i could see the window the the people were still watching tv as if we were and i felt really awkward because it's like you're commenting on their home but you don't want to comment on them or judge or come across as being judgy or anything like that and i'm not commenting on them i uh, people that's just what people are if you came into my room tomorrow it'd be reasonably tidy it wouldn't be perfect um but yeah i mean it was just really awkward and the kitchen was nowhere it i thought it was good it was like like that cool brick finish that you see in those movie apartments yeah. it wasn't it was just bare um it looked like a building site instead of like a cool brick finish um the area in the middle that i thought i mean i thought that there was like sort of a gap around the sort of central bit uh, i was like either i'll knock that out when i own it but it turns out it was weight bearing um so i couldn't knock that out and it just, it felt like a very little corner. So I was like, it's like 300 grand though they're asking. They're not asking for like 50 yeah. grand for this, but they're asking for 300,000 pounds, which is enough to buy a, a two, three bedroom house in like Yorkshire or whatever. So, or anywhere really. And so I was like looking around that and I kept going and, oh, just no, no. Anyway, so uh, after this tour, after the tour that lasted about 15 minutes, so no, about five of the most awkward minutes in my life. Um, we went out and we were sitting in this car and I was like, so the door, what happened? The guy tells me, um, so the door, um, I'm glad you didn't Google this place before, did you? I'm like, no. If you had, you'd probably know the backstory and it's probably why it's quite low, why it's very, going for very, very cheap. I'm like, is it going for cheap? Is this cheap? It's 300 grand cheap for a door that doesn't fucking work. Is it okay? Um, you know, and he goes, yeah. Um, it's going for very, very low price on the market considering the zone. He was all, he was all about the zone. Poor guy. Yeah, they are, they are all about the zone. All these estate yeah, agents. What is that? What is that? It's like, who gives a fuck? It's like, you know, is it a nice house? Yes. Well, like, do I want to part with my money for it? Yes. So, um, you know, like, don't tell me what zone it's in. And I've obviously checked that bit out. Otherwise I wouldn't be asking for to look at it. You know, like I know where work is. I know where this is. It makes sense to me, even though it took yeah. 30 minutes to go around the dodgy bits, I'm assuming. Um, anyway, so turned out the house had been, um, the plank was there because of a police hammer. Um, the police had raided it. They had found it booby trapped. 
Um, sure. There were seven illegal immigrants who were paying £100 a week in the, to the landlord and a prostitute who was used in the um, master bedroom as her place of residence, sure. as her sure. place of bu- business. And I, honest to God, I've never washed jeans that fast. Um, you know, I was like, I got home, I just scrubbed my jeans clean. I was like, I'm now on that bed. Um, okay, so the woman who was living there, to be clear, wasn't a pro- I, as far as I know, wasn't a prostitute. She kind of just came across as being quite friendly. Um, and then, like, you know, like in a very sort of motherly way. Um, a bit awkward, I don't know. Anyway, um, but then, um, but this, but yeah, so there was a Romanian prostitute in there who might have been a sex slave, I'm not sure. Seven illegal immigrants paying £100 a week. And the guy who owned it didn't even think two months later to just maybe replace the front door. Um, and they wanted to sell it for £300,000. Yeah. yeah. And I've... when I asked him if I could to keep my motorbike, he said, I'm, you know, you could keep it there, but it won't be there for longer than four weeks either way. They <laughs> <laughs> keep sending me ads now. Yeah, that's Why? the... That's the... That's the thing about London, 300 grand is not a lot. So for anybody listening that's not from London or not familiar, if you go probably like up north or outside of London, anywhere outside of London, you're probably looking at paying like half the amount of money, that level um, going to pay for this place for like a actual house with like three bedrooms and a garden and everything. Compared to London, you just get a shithole or X X council flat. Yeah, it's weird. And I I think though that... um, so going back to our original point is moving out. Um, this was kind of put me off housing mm. um, in London. And I think that then coronavirus happened. So this, I, I had this experience in February. Yeah. Um, we just started talking about coronavirus in the media. Um, been tracking it since January, February, uh, sorry, December, January. And then, then it hit. And then come March, it's looking like we're going to be leaving the office. So things started getting a bit ambiguous. So I, I turned off of the, I, I just didn't want to, there was no point in me going around looking yeah. at places. Um, so, like, yeah, anyway, so that was me trying to buy a place in London, which I'm probably not going to do now that coronavirus has taken over. Yeah. Um, so, man, I mean, like, you know, like, how, what, what do you, you know, how was it? Because I, mean, I know that we talked about um, buying a place sort of and like how rents and stuff like that. Work. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you? I mean, why did you choose a flat you were in? And what was it so, like for you moving out the first time? Yeah. So, for me, I, I moved out, I think, January 2019 with my missus. So, um, this is something that we were talking about for quite some time. So, um, as I mentioned in my previous episode, we're in the process of buying a place now down the street. But um, before we'd done that, we got a place together where we live right now. So, um, it was a bit, it was an interesting process because I remember when we first started talking about it, I was like, oh, my, the budget's going to be at about £1,200 a month for a one-bedroom. That's what That was the original idea, £1,200 a month for a one-bedroom. But as, as you are talking, as you just mentioned there about London prices, £1,200 wasn't shit. So um, yeah. that was the original budget. So we contact like different estate agents and then like, it's weird how they operate because you tell them your budget and then you go, they're like, oh yeah, we've got this viewing and then you get there and it's like, the price is higher than you, you, your budget. Yeah, because so, the idea is that it pressures you into going yeah, up a little bit yeah. and maybe going extra 20, 30 it's a, bit, it's a bit annoying. So and they also don't like give you what you ask for. So the, the first place we went for was, um, was in Royal Victoria, which is by the docks in, um, yes. in the, um, near the XL Centre. It was actually a nice building. I liked the buildings, like one of the modern new builds I really liked it, but the, they didn't deliver what we asked for. We asked for um, a one bedroom. It turned out to be a studio flat. So we got there and it's like a studio flat. So that a studio flat where you have like 
your bed in the fucking living room. And it's like, uh, it's a nice flat and everything, but this is not what we ask for. Did they provide a curtain that yeah. you can sort of hide your house? Yeah, it's crazy. So that was the first place we looked at. And then yeah. um, the more and more we looked, we realised that, yeah, £1,200 is not shit. Our budget is not, we're not going to get anything decent. Because I, I, I wanted something decent, like, like sort of a new build. So like what you wanted, you wanted a nice place to live in. I think everybody wants a nice place to live yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, it's not much yeah. to ask for 300 grand to have a place yeah, that you can yeah. really be proud of. And like, you think like 1,200 pounds a decent amount of money to get a one bedroom yeah. place. But yeah, it's not, it's, you get like a shito. So I think it one of the places- I paid that much for a year. Yeah. yeah. For a year, and I had a two bedroom house yeah. with two so, bathrooms, sprinkled down the road, the whole shebang. I had a guard who guarded our, who guarded our neighborhood for God's sake. What's an annoying thing about the whole process is that, um. As I said, they give you like the the photo of it when it's been either refurbished or like a, when it's like literally just been built. So it looks all sparkly and brand new. And you're like, oh, this is nice. But you get there, you realize like, oh, that was like probably 10 years ago or something. And it hasn't been cleaned ever since. But one of the places we got, we went to have a look at it. It was like, I think they had like people living in, in the living room and all that. Like there was like a bed in the living room. It had like mold and everything. And this was like, I think it was 1,250 pounds. I think the final straw for me and my missus was, um where we went to this place, I can't remember what, I think it was East London somewhere. And it was like, I think it was about the, the same price, about 12.50. And um, it was like above a kebab shop and it, the whole place stunk of like fast food. And the place was just all like, like a real shithole. And I was just like, all right, yeah, we're gonna have to like push, put in some more money on this. So um, yeah, so it was my idea to move to um, this location where we are now. So, um, Cause I, I came for an interview around here and I'm like, oh, it's actually a nice area. They have loads of new builds around and everything. So it was my idea to come around here. So I think the yeah. first place, the first place we went to, we had looked, it was over our budget, it was about 1300. And um, the first place we looked at, we kind of fell in love with it. Like, oh, this is really nice. But mm. this is a new, but there's a new twist to this now because now buying a place, there is, um, they, they try to push the price up on you. They try to get you to compete for the, to, to buy it. It's, like, it's almost like um, when you're buying a property, you know, when you like you put in a bid, they make you put in a bid and then like somebody can outbid you for the place. So you see, I mean, that's kind of an old practice, but yeah. you know, like if there's two people interested, then you know, you, yeah. you want, I mean, if I was selling my place and then I, I have one guy who, who you're not calling dibs on it, you, you know, you're like if you're there for the money. Mm. If I'm going to sell it, if, I'm, if for example, I was going to sell my car, I was, yeah. I'd sell it to the person who's offering yeah. the money. I yeah. wouldn't sell it to the person who's offering yeah. who got there first. I heard, I've heard that with like, like obviously selling your car or selling a house, with, but I've never heard that with it come to renting. I just thought like, just, as long as everything is above renting. Board. So I yeah. thought you meant as in like, you know, like there's in a contract that was like 12 month contract or something. Like, wait, they make you compete for renting now. Yeah, yeah. So that's what so exactly The price what is already inflated and then they're trying yeah. to make you compete like yeah. dogs. Yeah, so so the first place we went to what the was over. What the fuck is wrong with our interest? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so it was over our budget anyway, but we, we liked the place so much we were willing to pay it. So we're like, yeah, we'll take it. We called him up and he goes, um, yeah, I've got two other people coming to see it. So yeah, so he was like, um, there's one couple and they want to put in um to uh thirteen fifty. Are you able to go up to thirteen fifty? Oh like, my god, you got fucked. Did you ask them? Did you ask him to give you the details of the couple? Because I bet he wouldn't. Because of oh no, because of confidentiality. Let me let me finish. So basically, so we're like, no, we can't go up because already in my our mind, we're already a hundred pound over budget. So we're like, no, we can't go up. But he's like, yeah, I really like you guys. Blah blah blah. So um, so we we stuck up thirteen fifty, thirteen hundred. So 
And then he then he goes, oh, we got I got another couple that's putting thirteen seventy five. So that was at the end of it. So the third, he he seemed to like he said he said he likes us better than the people that are paying thirteen. Yeah, he's he's making those people up. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. But so what happened was um we essentially said no, and he said um what 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 I can do I can give it to you. it was like a two year contract so I can give it to you for thirteen hundred the first year thirteen fifty for the second year. So me yeah so me and the missus said like right, fine we will do it because you can break contract after I think six six months you can break contract so if we didn't want to go any further we can just get another place so we like yeah fine we'll do that so um yeah then he, he got he gets back to us and goes actually somebody just came in at 1375 and i'm gonna go with them essentially so you lost the place or we lost the place and yeah, we after lost... all that effort yeah, yeah so then we're like looking around i'm looking in different locations like both and it's the same the same process like i'll oh, put in a bid and i'm like fuck this and then it's interesting, the place I'm living in now, where I'm recording right now, is um, I actually turned down this place. I came to see it by myself because this now, the rent that we pay for this is 1400 now. So now we're 200 pound over budget. So it turned like our budget just completely went out the window. It just kept going up and up. So um, yeah, so we, we paid 1400 pound for this place. So when I, I came here by myself, I think my missus was at work or something. So I came here, I actually turned it down. I, I was like, no, I'm not interested. And then um, I was talking to my missus, I showed her photos of it. She goes, oh, it's not that bad. So shall we go and see it again? So we came back and um, came back to see it. Yeah, it, was, it stayed on the market quite often. They were struggling to rent it out. So we came to see it. And then... Um, How much was it? 1400 So the exact figure was 1399 for some reason. But anyway, um, yeah, so we, we, we liked it. And we liked the area. So we're like, fuck it. This, by, by the time we saw about probably 10 plus places. And it's just an absolute... like. It's an absolute nightmare, the whole renting process and going around yeah. and dealing with estate agent, calling up and seeing, and then having to do this bidding thing and putting your offer on what you want and all this bullshit. So you got to the point. Back, so this was the last place we saw. So by the time we got to it, we just like, fuck it, put in the offer. And that, I, can't be, I can't be bothered with it. And they accepted the offer. And then, yeah, we moved in. But yeah, it's, it's such a process. And that's not even to mention the extra cost that is involved with it. So like the well, rent... So basically, the rent's fourteen hundred, right? Right. But then there's also extra costs that you need to also pay, like a month in advance. You also need to um, pay a deposit. So my uh, my advice to anybody that's like, looking to move out, renting first of all, that like, save up some money because I think it costs us an extra three grand on top of what we put on top of the rent we we um Wait, what? agreed to. How did you pay three grand in addition? In to- so in t- in total, I like, obviously pay the first. I think a month in advance, then you pay deposit, which I can't remember how much it was, it's quite a bit of money. Then you pay um agency fees and all sorts of things. What which, is for uh, different agency fees for something that you've been negotiating directly? So this wasn't directly, this is for an estate agent. So you pay that. Okay. So I think they changed the couple of the housing laws and everything. So we got some money back recently from it. I don't think they can take as much deposit as they did with us anymore. How so much got, deposit did they take? I'm assuming a month's worth of rent was the deposit. I, I can't remember exactly. No, that was there was like the month's worth of rent and the deposit. I can't remember the exact figure, but it was like well, it's quite three expensive. Grand, presumably yeah. you yeah. pay sixteen hundred pounds deposit. Yeah. So we paid about at least over three grand. That's insane. You're paying more just to live, just to start living in a place. Yeah. The average, um, then 30 years ago was the average deposit for a house. Yeah. And that's not right. And also, I don't like the fact that they're making you compete like fucking idiots. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of this whole 
compete for basic necessities. Yeah. You need to live that's nice. You live, you, you know, you're with your girlfriend, fiance, whoever, you want to start a life. And why is it that young people are being made to pay so much money just to do something as basic and as simple as start a shit run? If you're paying oh. three grand to start with to pay, uh, sorry, but if you're going to pay like 300 grand, yeah. or if you're going to pay like three grand to start with just to rent, to rent out a mansion, fine. Yeah. You know, but you're not, you're renting a little one bed flat. That's all right. I mean, it's a nice little place, but it's yeah. still not, a not worth the money. I feel sorry for um, like any young people looking to set out by themselves because um, to get this place, what I'm, what we're renting at the moment, you need to earn about 40 grand for them to rent it to you. Yeah. And who yeah, the fuck yeah. is earning that? Especially yeah. when the jobs market is what it yeah. is. And now that, and also the fact, I mean, I feel very strongly that um, the older, the, the younger people are getting fucked harder and harder and harder yeah. every year. Because I mean, I, I'm 30 years old and I'm kind of on a starting wage, but actually I'm on a starting wage after sort of, after getting three degrees. I mean, I, you know, and also after like a lot of experience, after a lot of life experience. And if you're being fucked by your weight with the wage packet that people know that they can afford to, you know, like companies taking the piss by not by underpaying staff for um, mm. the intense work they do when they also have people who are in charge who are incompetent compared to, um, you know, like who don't have the same level of skill yeah. that the people who are at the bottom rung, you know, are expected to have. So yeah. there's, there's a real imbalance there. Then you've got the second part of it, which is to have like, okay, first, secondly, we can see now, we, it's the information age. We can see every single wrong move that people in power make. Mm. We can see the fact that the people who are in charge are dumber than us. We can see the fact that people are out of touch in a massive way, generationally, racially, whatever. There's a huge, huge misstep here between yeah. two generations. And I feel that it's, it used to be kind of like, okay, yeah, you don't want to go to Vietnam, whatever. You know, like, fine, war is bad, congratulations. But what I'm finding now is actually money-wise, um, we're being fucked over. Mm. And it's not right. And yeah. it's not okay. It's not. Oh. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, okay, if you want to buy an expensive place and you've got the money for it, fine. You know, if I want to have a nice flat in Wembley, so not Wembley, in like, you know, central London, fine. Yeah. I'll, I'm happy to pay because I know that's going to be more expensive. Yeah. You just want to get a basic level of living, of, of simple, you know, like you're not asking for luxury. You're asking for a place that's inhabitable. Yeah. You should be ripped off for it and you shouldn't be told that you're not worth yeah that money i mean like because i can't afford 1400 pound on my own yeah if i was to do that i would actually just be spending all of my money on rent per month and i'm hard working as fuck before we move on i just wanted to segue back to um like the mortgage thing there's also a lot of um added cost into the whole mortgage process as well you need probably an extra 20 grand after you paid your deposit as well just to mention none of this makes sense you could save all those years get all like your deposit which is probably five to ten percent but then right. you also need to remember that there's also added costs like your lawyer's going to cost you a couple of grand surveyors is going to cost a couple of grand ground if you have to pay ground rent you have, you have to pay um what's ground so, rent? um sorry not ground rent stamp duty ground rent you have to pretty much pay like yearly like if you don't own the land you're on if you buy a flat, you're going to have to pay ground rent, ground rent every year because you don't own the land. you realise that the police are in a position where they can't really enforce civil disobedience. <laughs> but, I mean, like, yeah. you do realise that when the coronavirus hit, the Cornish police said, 
we can't even visit all the beaches. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's how underfunded they are. So yeah. these people think that, and what I'm seeing here, at least, like, you know, I mean, maybe it's the gym yeah. talking, but what I'm hearing here is you're getting fucked out of 20 grand by somebody who doesn't yeah. deserve 20 grand. We're not paying 20 grand by, like, Luckily enough, we managed to like make a couple of deals and everything. But I mean, it can be twenty grand. It can easily be twenty grand. Like the stamp duty that it was originally trying to charge us was about, um, especially because of the new bill flat, was about sixteen grand. They wanted to charge us. Yeah, they wanted to charge us sixteen grand for the stamp duty. What we managed to talk them down and get it. Sixteen down to grand one. Oh, wait, for your new flat, the one that you're buying. Yeah, well, that makes no sense at all. Why are you paying sixteen grand? What's, what's no, we're the not. Duty? It's something you have to pay when you buy a place. Why? I don't know. I don't. I didn't even know it existed until we tried. We tried to buy a place um a couple of years ago. The thing about stamp duty, a lot of people don't even know about it. So you start the whole process of buying a flat. You you made your offer. You got your your you got your flat. You you're paying your deposit, and then suddenly this gets sprung on a lot of people because they just don't know. Stamp duty is is that you pay um, land transaction tax. Um, yeah. Okay. So. The current threshold is one hundred twenty-five thousand pounds for residential properties, one hundred fifty grand for non-residential land property. So you're fucked in London because of that hundred. So you're grand basically pressure. paying for the land already. Yeah. So you're paying for the land already, even though it doesn't necessarily have planning permission. Yeah. So if it has planning permission, you can basically. So it makes more sense to just buy the land and then build a house on it for two hundred grand, than pay three hundred grand for a pre-built house. Yeah. So it now it's getting to a stage. If I'm correct in my thinking, and I probably am not quite right because I'm sure there's a lot of complications. But on a very basic level. What I'm seeing here, having just checked out stamp duty, is that if I buy a field, um, I can do whatever the fuck I like with it uh, that has planning permission on it, obviously. Yeah. And I can build a house there. It shouldn't cost me more than maybe 300,000, 400, 500,000 pounds to build a house, right? Yeah. Um, especially if I'm willing to put in most of the work myself, I can definitely plaster a place. <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't take me much to learn something. Yeah. I learned horse in a week you know i can and bareback ride it as well i fifthly doubt you're gonna learn how to build a house in a week not a week but in a year and a <laughs> half that it takes to build a house fuck yeah i can yeah like, why would i not be able to do something yeah. that anyone else can do um ladies and gentlemen okay so um i guess the point of this podcast has actually kind of come around in a bit of a weird way um we started off by talking about um moving out of our family and um we've ended up just getting really pissed off to be honest with you after a couple of gen tonics on my part um about the state of buying a house and why it's wrong um why we're being fucked and why it's not okay um because it's weird and it's wrong um yeah i mean we hope you enjoy listening to what we've recorded thank you very much for listening my name is les steed i'm marlon white and this is off point at 30 thank you goodbye bye